Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about scripture meditation for counseling. I'm thankful today to be on the podcast with my good friend, Pastor Keith Christensen. Uh, Keith is the pastor at Christ Fellowship Bible Church in the North Fort Worth area. He's also an ACBC certified counselor and contributor to uh, CBCD's resources and training. So Keith, so good to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Meditation. If, if there is a lost art in modern Christianity, it has got mm. to be meditation. And when we read about our heroes in church history, and uh, Christian men and women that have gone before us, we see the priority and importance of meditation. So this is a, a needed topic today. Thank you for being with us to, to talk about it together. Um, we need to start really simple here because this, this is probably a topic that a lot of Christians have really never heard of. So help us understand what is scripture meditation? Yeah, well, the the word kind of says it all, meditation. And uh, from just as an entry point here, we can start in a pretty simple and straightforward way. Meditating on scripture is just thinking about it, uh, mulling over the scriptures, giving unhurried, undistracted attention to them. You could say pondering the scriptures or dwelling on God and the truth of his word. You could use the language of Colossians 3, set your mind. On things above, the idea is you're actually putting your thoughts there, uh, some kind of giving sustained thought to the word of God. Uh, when I would teach um, the youth at a previous church I was at, I would tell them it was thinking about the scriptures on purpose for some sustained amount of time. Or you could use the language of uh, like the example of Mary in Luke 2 when she heard the report from the shepherds. Uh, of what the angels told them about Jesus. It says Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. So that, that's the idea of what we mean by scripture meditation. And, and it's important, even though it's pretty simple and straightforward, it, on the one hand, it's important to um, be explicit about what we mean because what the world means by meditation is something very different. Most commonly in our secular age, they mean something more like new age meditation, emptying your mind and trying not to fixate your thoughts on anything. And what we mean is just the opposite, that we would meditate in a way that we would fill our mind with the scripture and fixate our thoughts on God. So um, that, you know, another, another, way to explain this that might be helpful and is the the word for it's translated meditate in the old testament when it's used concretely it means um to utter an inarticulate sound or or to murmur or mumble like the coo of a dove or someone moaning in distress uh so so like we talk about if you chew on something, you're, you're turning it over in your mind. 
And actually in Joshua 1, a text we'll look at in a little bit maybe, um, when God tells Joshua to meditate day and night, he says that the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You're keeping the word of God. You're just muttering it under your breath all the time. You're, you're giving your brain to the Bible and thinking about it in sustained and focused ways. Those are very helpful analogies and, and word pictures that uh, we get from scripture and from, from modern thinking there. So thank you so much for that very helpful definition and explanation. Moving to think about counseling now in particular, uh, often in counseling, we're trying to help people to grow and change. Uh, they're working through sin issues. They're working through their past. Uh, they're trying to grow in areas related to their home or their marriage or uh, habits. Why is scripture meditation helpful for growing and changing? Yeah, that's a very important question. Um, and I think the first place to start in answering it would be to show that scripture itself tells us that this is important for uh, growing and changing, for obedience, for prospering in your soul. Um, we should expect that as biblical counselors, right? We're committed to the sufficiency of scriptures. So we believe that the scriptures would not only tell us how we need to change, but would tell us how we should pursue that kind of change and obedience as well. And uh, meditation is one thing we find. So Joshua 1, the text I just mentioned, is uh, the first place I would turn to show this. And in Joshua 1, 8, Joshua is told, The book of the law, God's law, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And here's the result of that. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written. Isn't that the goal of counseling? Isn't that growth and change that someone would become careful to do what is written in the word of God? Well, what is that the result of? It says it's the result of meditating on God's book day and night. And then the result of being careful to do what is written is for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success, spiritual prosperity, enjoying all the blessings that, that God has for us. Not necessarily the absence of trial, but living a blessed life uh, under the statutes of God's word. You know, another place that shows the same kind of progression is Psalm 1. And maybe you thought of Psalm 1 when you heard what uh, the Lord said to Joshua, meditate day and night. It says that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What's the result of this? He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. His leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. So again, it's meditating on the word day and night leads to spiritual um, blessing, prosperity, because that puts him on the way of the righteous and not in the path of sinners. And a related text, I think, is James 1. Um, the passage about 
hearing the word and doing the word. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So there's the same progression, hearing the word. What What's the gap between hearing the word and doing the word? Well, here the disconnect is hearing and then forgetting, not remembering. Leads to not doing, leads to the absence of blessing. So plug that in or sync that with the progression of Psalm 1 and Joshua 1, hearing the word and then meditating on it, remembering it, giving your mind to it, purposing not to forget it, dwelling on it. That will motivate in in a regenerated heart that will motivate the spirit will use that to motivate obedience and doing the words of scripture and doing the words of scripture is, is the great key to, to growth and change that will lead to walking in God's blessing. So, um, you know, that, that's how we can establish, um, well, the, my, there's so many ways to come at that question you ask, but, but that, that's a start that I would go at it. There, there's much more we could say, of course, how would you answer that question, Keith? Can I turn it back on you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, w- I was just thinking that it, it seems like it's one of those things that's been in, it's been there in the whole Bible all these yeah. years, and we just don't see it. And then you start thinking about, yeah, it is in Psalm one, yeah, it is in Joshua one. You know, this idea of meditation. Uh, I was just in a counseling session this morning, uh, and we were looking in our session with uh, the person in Lamentations chapter three, where we see. The prophet Jeremiah in the throes of depression and anxiety and hopelessness. Uh, of course, the Babylonians have invaded and Jerusalem is burning, uh, in the wake of, of his situation. And, uh, the text says he's forgotten happiness and he's yeah. lost his hope in the Lord, right? And then just a few verses later, we read those wonderful verses that are the basis of that great hymn. Uh, great is thy faithfulness, right? The Lord's mm-hmm. loving kindnesses indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And we say, what happened? <laughs> what what mm-hmm. happened to change this man from despair to joy and, and from hopelessness in God to rejoicing in the faithfulness of his God? And, and of course, the hinge is what we're talking about today. It's meditation. The, it actually says, this I recall to mind, therefore mm-hmm. I have hope. I, I remembered my soul, and, and, and that's exactly it, that, that meditation, the, the remembering, the opposite of James 1, right, forgetting, yes. uh, remembering the character of God, the work of God, the provision of God, and, and it's in the, the, the remembering and the rehearsing of that, the, the chewing on it, as it were, that we then access uh, a hope and a joy and a, a confidence in God and a growing trust and um it's it's all over the bible yes and and, and to think that it it is um it is a rare christian today who is meditating said yeah. that probably the church is in in a in a in a, a, a very negative place of spiritual health so um remembering and and meditating um is so helpful and i think a, a passage like lamentations 
demonstrates in an actual narrative, a biographical way for Jeremiah looking over his shoulder, the importance of how meditation can lead us, for example, from depression to a change or growth, right? In yes. hope and encouragement in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that is a good example. Um, what changed him is recalling the word of God and holding it in his mind. You know, the, we talk about the word of God is, is, um, a means of grace. It's, it's the, the ordinary means by which God gives us grace to trust him and to change and grow and to move from a place of despair to hope and, and all of, all of the, the needs that a counselee or disciplee would have. That's an, another way to think about meditating on scripture is to, to jump in the river of, um, of this means of grace. This, the, the word of God is, is how God, a channel through which God typically gives his people grace to change and grow. And if we're going to change and grow, we need God to do that. If it's going to be true change and growth. Well, how does God ordinarily give that grace to people? The, the word he's established that as the channel by which he gives grace. And so to meditate on scripture is just to throw your mind in that river of God's grace and, and to, to lay down in, in, the highway of this means of grace so that God can change you. God can change your heart. God can change your disposition. God can fortify your will to obey him. God can, you know, fan the flame of your affections for God and your love for God to weaken the grip of idolatries. But, but there's no, there's no shortcut. And, and we're, you know, we live in, uh, we don't give sustained thought to very much today right this is the twitter age and uh we have we have trouble even finishing blogs can we have a sustained thought enough to make it through a blog um so so there's no shortcut to holiness and there's no convenient uh, uh you know corner cutting way to pursue growth and change and meditating on scripture is a spiritual discipline that is quite the opposite of, of shortcut. It is slow, deliberate, holding the word of God in your mind in faith and in delight and, and letting God change your heart through that. No, that's really well said. And, and, and at the same time, I think there's a put off dimension to this also because mm. we are a distracted culture. We're a social media culture. So we, we are not focusing in a sustained way on lots of things, but what we are focused on are things that compete with the word of God and distract from the word of God. So as we're turning to meditation, we need to be turning away from some of these things that are capturing our, our affections and our attention. So mm-hmm. but with that in mind, Keith, um, just in a practical way, how do we teach people how to profitably meditate on scripture? You give us some instructions on how to do that. Well, the simplest um, way and, and one very practical way to teach someone to do it is to, and this would just be to meditate on a verse of scripture. I mean, you can also meditate on a doctrine of scripture. You can meditate on a passage of scripture. You can, you can read a whole book of scripture and meditate on it, uh, in reflection, but just to meditate on a verse of scripture, you can, uh, quote it either in your mind or out loud under your breath in good Hebrew fashion. 
and just emphasize one word at a time and, and see how that leads to fruitful, um, growth and understanding. You can turn that into prayers. So for example, if I take John 3:16, emphasizing one word at a time, even just the first phrase, God so loved the world. I would say God so loved the world. Okay. This is our salvation starts with God, God's initiative. God so loved the world. Okay, there's a very specific manner in which God has demonstrated his love for the world. It wasn't by giving me a new car. It was by giving me his son. God so loved the world. Wow, of all of all the dispositions for God to have toward the world, love would be it. That is amazing. God, thank you. God so loved, I'm going to skip the word thee. God so loved the world. Wow, how how vast is God's love that it would go out to peoples, to sinners from all corners of the globe? And 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 so, I there's a, a five word phrase or whatever it is that I just took the time to emphasize one word at a time. And if I had just read it, I I wouldn't have had any of those th- thoughts at all, especially because I was so familiar with it. So. That, that I think is the most practical method that I would, that I go to myself and would teach um, other people uh, to do. But I, I think in, in teaching people practically to meditate on scripture, we should emphasize both, um, you know, set times of scripture for scripture meditation and to meditate on scripture like psalm 2 says day and night in an ongoing way just like prayer that we pray without ceasing so spontaneous prayers throughout the day and we also have times like jesus said when you pray go into your closet and shut the door well right that that's different than praying without ceasing we're not supposed to spend all day in our closet so so we need both you know, teach people and, and even assign people as part of your counseling homework to, uh, when, when they read a passage of scripture to follow that with meditation. And you can give them some questions that they have to answer to force them to fix their mind on, on the scriptures. Um, you know, assign them that they would pray through, uh, certain verses and, and then also assign them you know, that, that they would have to purpose to meditate on a certain verse, maybe that they're trying to memorize throughout the day or a certain verse from that morning's daily Bible reading that they should take with them to meditate on whenever they have discretionary time in their thought life throughout the day and have them report back to you to say, okay, give me three times this week that you meditated on scripture just as you went uh, in life and tell me how that changed the way you thought or felt or acted. So th- those would be some initial ideas that come to mind. Yeah. I often think of meditation as, you know, it's a spiritual replay, you know, for guys that like to watch sports and there's a close call. Did the guy get his foot? Did he get both feet down before in the end zone? And at that point, you know, the 900 cameras in the, Sports arena that have recorded that event, uh, the replay booth starts showing all those angles, slow motion from this mm-hmm. angle and that angle and the other angle. And 
I challenge men if they like if they like sports, they know how to meditate because we we do it all the time. <laughs> when we talked about you know we're talking about college football, and um, you know with that you can think about. I love what you're saying. Um, you know how does my thinking need to change? Is there an encouragement to gain, like we thought about in Lamentations? Is uh, there something I need to repent of in light of what I'm reading? Mm-hmm. Um, is, is this calling me to action in some way? Mm-hmm. To stop doing something that I am doing, to start doing something I'm not doing. Um, you know, so you can use questions to aid meditation. Mm-hmm. And of course, it also facilitates application as well. So yes. These are these are really good thoughts, brother, and I, I appreciate uh, appreciate your your study and and the way that you've thought through this in a helpful way. Do you have any resources or recommendations if if we want to learn how to do meditation better or we want to grow in this area? Are there any resources that come to mind that might help us? Yeah, a, a couple um, come to mind. One is there's a little booklet by Joel Beakey called. How can I practice Christian meditation? And Joel Beakey is a, an expert on the Puritans. And so it is, it is full of the wisdom of, uh, the Puritans. And like you talked about in the intro, introduction to this podcast, uh, it is a lost art and, uh, it was not a lost art in the time of the Puritans. We lost it after they had, uh, practiced it for a long time and, uh, so that that's a great booklet. And then really a lot of my thoughts, even what I've said in this interview, have been greatly informed by the resources of Donald Whitney. He was a seminary professor of mine. He's written a book called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And in chapter three of that book on Bible intake, part of that is about meditating on scripture. And then also the next chapter, chapter four on prayer. Part of that is on meditating on scripture also. And he talks about how uh, throughout history and, and the Puritans in particular discovered how important it is for meditating on scripture to fuel our prayers. And many of them even talked about scripture meditation as the missing link in between uh, Bible reading and prayer and how the lack of attention to meditating on scripture is what makes both our prayers so cold and ineffectual seeming and also our Bible reading um, often so cold and ineffectual seeming. Well, this has been a really helpful conversation, Keith. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for all the work you do to contribute to CBCD. Uh, The Lord bless you, and thanks for your time today. Thanks, Keith. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. For more information about Keith Christensen and the Ministry of Christ Fellowship Bible Church, you can visit them on their website at ChristFellowshipBC.com. And for more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit us at our website at TheCBCD.org.